Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced, licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try Formally today. Your tea. Up in here, we like it sugar-free Come through, stop by, get up with me With your girl sitting back, I'm a little crazy Ooh, right here with me It's where you wanna be, wanna be. Let's get it sugar-free, yeah. Now tell me, girl, me girl How you like your tea, how you, like your tea? you know it's sugar-free, yeah Hey friends, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Sugar Free Podcast. So I know I said last week would be the finale, and that was kind of true. So this week is the real, real finale. I know, the final episode of the season. We will be having a reunion episode, so get your tea and your wigs ready, honey, because you know how a reunion episode goes. But in terms of new content, this will be our final episode of season one. And I just really have to thank you guys so much for taking this journey with me. It has truly been therapy for me. You really have no idea. And so I just have to really thank you once again for taking this journey with me. And hopefully you will stay tuned. Just because season one is over don't mean that we won't be airing content every Monday. You still going to be able to get your weekly fix of sugar-free tea right here every Monday. So even after season one concludes, make sure you check your notifications for episode drops at the top of every week. So now that we've gotten some of the housekeeping out the way, let's get back into this episode real bald and bougie living life with alopecia where myself and my very dear friend michelle gibson have been having a real honest conversation about life with alopecia and so i love a good recap you know we gotta give a recap okay so to give a solid recap of where we finished up last week We started out by talking about our introduction to alopecia and the beginnings of our alopecia journeys. Michelle's journey started when she was around five years old, where she lost all the hair on her body. Mine too showed up in childhood and I lost a little bit of the hair on my head when I was around 10 years old, but I didn't really feel the full force of alopecia until my sophomore year in college. And then we discussed dating with alopecia and how difficult it can be, how alopecia can really shake the core of your identity and the way that you see yourself and the way that the world sees you. 
We talked about wigs and the covering and the protection that they can provide, both physically and mentally and emotionally. And then we ended with my spiritual awakening, if you will, (laughs) with alopecia and how it really forced me to come to grips with the fact that I was vain and I value beauty probably more than I should and how to start to not only value the beauty that I had inside of myself, but also to see, recognize, and value the beauty in others. So with that, let's jump into the second half of this conversation where Michelle's going to talk to us about her experience getting her first opportunity to take part in the black hair and black culture phenomenon that is wigs, weaves, and bundles. But before you get too deep into that, Michelle, be sure to tell the people who you are and what you do. Hi, I am Michelle Gibson. I have had alopecia since I was five. So I am 48 years old. So that means I've had alopecia for 43 years. I am a writer, a host, and a counselor by trade and a new mom. Hey, Michelle. It's so great to have you back again, girl. I am so ready for part two of this conversation. So before we jump into part two, I think it's really important that we do some level setting again for those of you who may have missed part one. If you missed it, you know what I'm going to say. Why are you late to class? Go back and review part one. Thank you. All right. Well, if you missed part one, we're going to review one last thing before we get into the contents of this episode. So I want to go back and review the definition of alopecia. So alopecia is an autoimmune disease wherein your immune system believes that your hair is a disease that it fights off. And so that affects significantly your ability to grow hair and essentially leaves your body without hair. There are three kinds of alopecia generally. The first kind is alopecia areata, and it is the mildest form of alopecia and is characterized by small coin-sized bald spots found around the perimeter edges of the scalp. The second type of alopecia is alopecia totalis. And alopecia totalis is characterized by complete baldness of the head. And then the third type of alopecia is alopecia universalis. That's the type of alopecia that Michelle and I have. And that type of alopecia is characterized by a complete loss of hair on the entire body. That means that for Michelle and I, we don't grow hair at all. So with that, Michelle, why don't you start this episode by introducing us to your first experience taking part in the Black experience that is sew-ins, weaves, and bundles. So this, this I probably told you this story before, but when I lived in New York, there was a, a, a hair salon called, I don't know if what the salon was called, but the man who owned it was a Jamaican Asian named Clem Luyet. <laughs> and somebody told me where Clem <laughs> Luyet was. And I went because I was trying to figure out what to do with a wig. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. I'll give you weave. 
And I said, what did you just say? I give you a weave. I said, I can't have a weave. I have a wig. He was like, I give you a weave. I said, I don't have any hair. I don't know. Like you can't do no sewing. The glue is not going to stick to my head. Like, what are you talking about? Because I had tried. And so he made for me, which essentially is a wig, but it was weave, right? So he, he braided a wig and sewed in the weave and that became my hair. So I paid him an ungodly amount of money for that experience. And I remember I was riding the two train back to Manhattan and these men were on the train and they were staring at me. So again, I think I'm cute. So I thought they were looking at me because I was cute with my new weave. And they were like, sister, why are you spending money on the European look? Like you should, you know, because Brooklyn is like that. So I could not have been happier. I couldn't get off that train quick enough to pop open that cell phone. And I called my friend, Phil, who we went to Hampton together. And I said, Phil, they think I'm wearing a weave. He was like, yo, <laughs> shit, that's so hot. I was like, oh my God, I thought it looks like a weave. They think I'm wearing a weave. I was so excited <laughs> to be a part of that experience, Sydney. I was like, I look like I have a weave. Like I couldn't stop telling people, let me tell you, these guys thought I had a weave. They knew I had a, oh my God, they didn't even think about the fact that I was bald. They had, I like, it was amazing. That is and so hilarious. when we talk about the deconstruction, it, for me, I have been absent of black culture for a long time. Mm. And allowed myself to kind of sit on the peripheral of what that was. Like those things don't pertain to me. That thing doesn't pertain. That black and proud thing doesn't pertain to me because y'all are talking about hair when you talk about it. And so that's not me. I don't have, so I'm, what, I'm not a part of this conversation. I don't have a voice in this. I don't have a say in this. And I apparently was fighting my way to get part of it yeah, and to have something to say. So now I'm a part of it. And I have something to say. So I yeah. like you're talking about, like, you know, it it grows you in different ways, right? And the the thing that you needed, you got. Yeah. And the way you handled it though was you had to be kind of fierce, right? To go against your own norms. I'm not gonna call you courageous, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't even know if it was. So I, like I said, I held on to the, the wig as long as I could. And it, and it wasn't just my own insecurity. I could feel like the women in my family, like their fear for me and their fear for how I would be judged and perceived in the world. And mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was carrying so much. And so it was so important for me to continue to wear the wigs, to keep up the facade, not only to protect myself, but to protect them too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had came to a point where the wigs, because I had been wearing them religiously, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, had started to uh, like tear up the skin on my scalp. Oh, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And okay. it was getting so bad that the, the scalp that would touch the wig was so tender. Like it was, mm. it was like 
searing pain. Trust me, yeah. I endured the tingling pain <laughs> as long as I could. And my my dermatologist said if I didn't stop putting the glue on my scalp, I would endure uh irreversible damage to the skin on my head. And so I really was forced gotcha. to either stop wearing gotcha. those wigs or gotcha. get to a point where I would never be able to not wear them because the skin on my head would probably you know so I mean? damaged. Yeah. 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 And so I remember the first day that I had to go to class because I was in my third year of law school and I maybe only had a couple weeks of school left. It was like finals. And I almost did not go to a final exam because that was the first time I had to go. <laughs> I was like, I can't go. I can't go. And all I could hear was my mother saying, I pay for you to get that degree. <laughs> like, And I didn't call her. Trust me, I could just hear her in the back of my mind saying, right. get your butt out the bathroom. But I cried all day. I, I didn't study like nothing. I just I sat in the bathroom crying all day with the wig in one hand. Right. Because I, I was still contemplating right. putting it on so I could take right. the final. Like how, how much pain will it be if I do it one more time right. for a few hours? <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was I was like really weighing this out in my mind and I tried yeah. to put the wig on, but it hurt so bad. I was like, I won't even be able to focus on my exam. I'm going to be right. fussing with it. It's going to be. So I was like, right. either I'm going to go without it or I'm not going. Right. And so I decided to go ahead and go without it. And I put a hood on all day. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hood moment. Yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. just like your hat moment in the airport. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just you know like put something else over it. And so I put it on, and I was like, oh, I made it through the whole day without my wig on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I did it. And then I I realized that I wasn't going to be able to wear the wig at least for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to put a post on Facebook because um, and my mom was like, are you crazy? Why would you put that on Facebook? And it was because I was like, if I can give the people in my life uh, a like prepare them. Right. Like right. <laughs> maybe I can. Because you need myself. to be prepared for the look. Right. Like it's different. It's because they were going to ask questions like. Right. Why don't you have any hair anymore? And I was like, I didn't want to tell the story over and over and over again. I didn't want to have that. Like, that was like too painful. I was like, if I can tell everybody at once and prepare as many people as possible for what is coming, which is this wigless version of me, that's what I wanted to do. And it ended up like going viral. Like, I did not even. That's think. very smart. Yeah. Is that the <laughs> one that Jada Pinkett Smith commented on? That was. Or was not that a different one? Okay. It was like a mashup. Like I posted some parts of that when I mm -hmm. commented on Jana, Jada's post, but it was it was before that. This was in 2015. Gotcha. So, so it was a while ago, but I just was like, and, and, and when I look at the picture now, I can see the tears in my eyes, like the beet red, like trying to take a picture. Don't you hate that? Because I have so <laughs> many pictures where I'm crying because of my hair or lack thereof, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, that picture's so, I'm so melancholy. Oh, I had just finished crying. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I could see like the... The tears, I could see the forced smile. I could like my, I, I could feel my lip quivering. And right. And so like, it wasn't an act of courage or fierceness. Fierce. Right. No, it right. wasn't none of that. It was, right. 
I don't want to ruin my head and I don't want any questions. And that's it. Like it was I thought about ruining my head. I just decided not to, right? So. And I tried wearing wigs again. I remember that phase. I did. It was just still so uncomfortable at that point. Like I had gotten so used to not having that. It was just uncomfortable to have something on my head, but I would still consider wearing a wig. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how people, I don't think people understand that it's, it's not the wig, right? It's the symbolism of it that, that you're wearing. And so it's not the wig. Like it, it really isn't. It's the hair that is the symbol of all the other things that are happening in your life that, um, you know, people talk about having a bad hair day and, you know, I need to go to the the hair salon and get this fixed and get this chopped and then I can fix it. I can fix the bad hair. I can fix the bad, the, whatever this look is, I can fix it. But you can, like we can, right. it's, this is what it is. Yes. This is what it is. And to that point, so women having low fades now, or, you know, close uh, cut bald, balding cuts is really popular. And on the one hand, I feel like it's very comforting and empowering for, for other like bald women with alopecia to see these women having that widespread acceptance and, and the look being something that is more mainstream. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, it bothers me a little bit because people don't understand that being bald is not my choice. Like these women have a choice. choice. The choice is big. Choice is big. Right. Um, and yeah, the choice is big. It is. And I guess at this point in my life, I'm making a choice not to wear a wig. But if I had a choice between being bald, having hair or wearing a wig, I'd probably pick having hair. Like being bald is not my choice. It's just that it's the most the easiest stress free way. It was chosen for you, actually. So. Right. And so when when I'm compared to those women, mm-hmm. it, it bothers me because they're like, oh, you know, you're fierce. And I'm like, I, I appreciate that. Right. But what how I'm showing up is different than their choice to show up inside. Our insides are different. And so right. the the Michelle, you could look like that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I could never look like that because I never made that choice like that. What that is on the inside to choose that is is probably a fierce woman. I don't know. I've not had to make those decisions, so I don't know. Um, but I just remember I have a friend that cut her hair, right? Like she went to a pixie cut. Oh, my God, you look so pretty, even though you don't have long hair. Oh, my God, you're so cute to be a person with short hair. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh, well, then you don't really want to know my story. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you give that much up to a, a big chop, right, like then you don't want to know what's happening on this side of the world. Yeah. And and I I 
I too applaud women that make those choices and decisions for themselves. I feel like I'm making a choice for myself with, yeah. with wearing a wig. I think that we as a society put way too much on the experience, way too much on the experience of the choice, right? Mm. Like, it, you know, I, I have fought the battle of the Black woman hair culture, right? And I know that I can't win. Like, it's going to be a part of conversation. It's going to be a part of definition. Yeah. But we put so much on how we choose to show up in the world, whether it's long hair, blonde hair, brown hair, locks, sister locks, faux locks. Like, it, we put so much. There's a de- that you mean something when you show up in the world like this, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you have a crew cut, short crop hair, people are defining you. Like you are strong. You Mm. are a lesbian. You are like you, you're, you're being defined by each one of those choices when it, it, you don't know what's on the inside of people when they make those decisions. And, and you should be able to walk into this world any way you want to and show up and show and tell people who you are. Like, this is, this is who I am. This is, because have you have you gotten the oh you're very pro black you have to be like the the quintessential motherland woman I haven't I haven't really gotten that since I I haven't had hair but I can recall an experience where I was working in an all black law firm and they were very pro black and this was when I wore wigs and I, I had a uh, partner at the firm come to me and say, you know, you're, you're gorgeous. You don't need to wear that wig. Like, why do you have that wig on your head? You should, you should just feel comfortable to, to wear your natural hair. Like you don't need to do that. And I looked him down. People who need to tell me I'm pretty. I think that's so funny. Like who girl from like you telling me I'm pretty means anything in my world. And your your definition of pretty, because maybe I felt really pretty today just the way I am with my right. wig on. Like maybe I felt really right. pretty today and you made me right. feel less than that by your right. comments. And right. I, I was like, let me go ahead and get this man all the way together. And I was like, <laughs> listen, because what, what we're not going to do is have this conversation ever again. And I don't want you ever to fix your mouth to say this to me or any other woman by making an assumption that you know what's going on, like you said, on the inside by what how she's showing up in the world. And I said, I have alopecia an illness that does not allow me to grow hair. And I wear my wig because it makes me feel good and pretty and comfortable. And I don't think it's any of your business what I put on my head, but that is why I wear a wig. We ain't ever. Good for you. Good for you. Because it's, it's, so, it's so exhausting it as is. a woman, whether you have alopecia or not, to constantly defend your choice of how you show up in the world. Right. But I was like, I am not going to defend because there are women who don't have alopecia who, right. especially when wigs and weaves weren't popular, where, right. you know, men will say, oh, I don't like women who wear a lot of weave and a lot of makeup. That ain't right. Oh, yeah. Not. Oh yeah. Cause that was, that was me. That was my dating life. Like I, if you didn't wear that wig, if you didn't wear it, if you didn't, oh, okay. That's the, that's what's stopping you. Okay. I want the man to this doesn't stop. How about that? 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I think has bothers me so much is when we talk about hair or when people talk about my hair or lack thereof, especially when I'm telling them about my alopecia journey is it's just hair. I've heard that so many times. How does that make you feel when people say it's just hair? You're lying. <laughs> you, you are a bald face lie like that. You, <laughs> I have never in my life been more insulted than someone saying it's just hair. I've even said it and I insulted myself, right? Mm. Because this was pre-truth, Michelle, right? And the way I kept my composure a lot with not dealing with the fact that I had a disease and that my hair was gone and all of that is, oh, it's just hair. So go ahead and live your life. It's just hair. And I'm sure I didn't come to that conclusion by on my own, right? I'm sure I was taught that through some version of experience, right? But it, you can't have it both ways. It can't be the quintessential part of Black female culture and be nothing at the same time. You can't have magazines dedicated to it and, and it be nothing. You can't have every single Black female magazine that exists has a hair department and it can't be nothing. You can't have an industry that's making as much money as it is off of it and it be nothing. You can't, you can't have it both ways. So you minimize, you minimize for me, right? My potential pain, right? So if it's just hair, then I don't get to be offended in your conversation. If it's just hair, then I don't get to, um, feel isolated. I don't get to, you see what I'm saying? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's such a, it's such an untruth for any person to say, and that's black, white, whomever, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's such an untruth. And I had to, I had to undo me from saying it, right? Because that is not true, Michelle. It's not just mm -hmm. here, right? If that were, if that were the case, why are you crying? Yeah. Why is, why did it hurt your feelings? Why are you putting a hat on your head? Why are you making all these decisions if it is just hair? And yeah. then in the same instance, why are people buying you drinks? Mm. If it's just hair. Yeah. Because there are plenty of people with cancer that are walking around with wigs on that, you know, that are, they're trying to be a part of their everyday normal existence and they don't get to have the toast of the town. Right. So it's a part of, it's a symbol. And I have known people to go through the cancer experience and so hate the part of losing their hair. Yeah. And I don't, I don't allow them to minimize that either. That is a big thing. It is huge. I completely understand. I'm not comparing your pain to mine. I'm not comparing your disease to mine. I get it. It sucks. That's horrible. And if I were to say, well, it's just your hair, it, you, it's going to grow back. I have alopecia. My hair won't grow back. You should be like, how idiotic does that sound? Right. Yeah. So I, I think we, if we were to be an honest society, right, just call it what it is. It is very important. It is a standard of beauty. 
it is crucial to your existence and how you walk in the world. Yeah. I have a disease that affects the way I walk in the world, the way I am defined as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it is crucial. And I get to choose how I want to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. That is, that's such a great <laughs> way to wrap up the conversation. I feel like this has been such a, a fantastic conversation. Yes. Yes. Before we get to our quick fire questions, though, I do have one final question that I'd okay. like to, to ask. If To all the women who are struggling out there with alopecia, hair loss on any level, coping with it, dealing with it, trying to figure out how they maintain confidence, sense of self and identity. What words of encouragement or advice do you have for them? It's interesting, right? Because once you become the person with alopecia, you also become the person that gets sent all the people with hair problems, right? Like, girl, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you do it to me too. You be like, oh girl, it's like, like, like we're the ambassadors for the, for yeah, the hairless yeah. club. Like, okay. Like I, I don't need to. Yeah. I ran into so-and-so <laughs> and you will learn a lot from Sydney. And I, you know, that's because I had, I'm fooled, right? Like I've had, I've had all of the, the sing say moments I could have. Right. And, it's, Listen. I, and I invite them too. like, there was a little girl who had alopecia that was in the store and she was, you could tell she wasn't happy for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. Um, but I said, can I ask you a question? And she said, yes. And I said, do you know what alopecia is? And she started tearing up and I said, no, no, no. I have it too. And she said, no, you don't. I said, I do. And I lifted my wig up. She said, oh, mommy, she looks like me. And I was like, I do, I do. So I, I, I have walked into those experiences and I have been, you know, given experiences, right? And I, I think it's a testimony to be able to help someone else who experiences some type of pain that you experience, right? So this is what I'll say as a 40-year vet in the game with hair loss. It is a big deal. You will never be the same. You won't be able to find a wig that will even come close to making you feel whole. Mm. Try. Try. Yeah. But don't feel as if you, because it doesn't look exactly like what you look like before alopecia, that it is not exactly right for you now. Mm. You will have physical pain from missing your hair. And I don't know how to quantify that for people other than it hurts. Mm. It's not just a mental thing. It physically hurts you not to have hair. It feels like the worst experience of your life, but it will not be. It will not be if you won't let it. And you can wallow. And I allow everybody a morning period, like what you need. You need a year, have a year. (laughs) You can mourn for a full year if you want to. You can just be mad at the world and sad. But at some point, you're going to have to find your wig. Find your bald head, find your weave, and carry on with life 
and redefine who you are. And no one gets to tell you how to do that. You get to walk in that truth and you get to change your mind about it. So if you no longer want to walk in one experience, change it and walk in another. Like people say, oh, wear all these different wigs and have fun with it. Not me. Me either. (laughs) I appreciate it, though. I appreciate that women have closets full of wigs. And I just really want to be like, I don't want to be noticed. I don't want to be picked out like, oh, what's your hair look like today? I don't not fun. Not not how I want to walk in the world. But I, I appreciate those women that do have that experience. And that's what they want. I think we have to be gentle with ourselves and we have to be gentle with others. And I don't know that we as women, we as black women, we as a culture do enough of the empathy that comes with loss. And that's what has happened. It is as important to you as it needs to be. So it can be, oh, I lost my hair one day and did it make a difference? Or I lost my hair and it made all the difference. So, I mean, that, that's about sums it up. I, (laughs) I don't have anything to add except that I, I am so grateful, um, to have had you and to continue to have you as a source of inspiration and support and guidance on my journey through alopecia and just life. And I can tell you if, if I have any advice for people that may be struggling or going through it is finding a tribe because I don't know, there are so many periods in my life that I just, I wasn't sure if I would have made it in the same way. Right. I would have carried on. Yeah. You pick up the pieces, but just being able to have sent you that email in 2011 and having someone who could write an email back that I knew exactly understood exactly what I was going through, you know, and to, to, to have someone to relate to was so helpful for me to know and feel like I was not going through that alone because my by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My friends didn't understand and they, they they don't know anybody with alopecia until they met you. Right. I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know what I was going through and experiencing. And, and I, I would say that my college experience was pretty miserable because of, of that, because I was fearful about going to parties and my wig flying off. And and I remember a situation where I uh, was playing around with my boyfriend at the time and, and I didn't have any good wig. I, I was wearing half wigs at the time. I don't know if, if you know what a yeah. half wig is, but I was wearing half wig, but I didn't have nothing on the other half. I have no hair, but I like the way this half wig looked. So I would wear right. a half wig and a hat so that to cover up the fact that I didn't have anything. Right. Go with the right. half wig. Right. And right. so we were playing around and my my wig and my hat flew off. And it was the most I I thought I wanted to die. Like it I was know. just he had never seen me. The look on his face. The look. <laughs> the look. And they don't mean it. They don't mean it. But it is a startling thing to reflect in somebody else's eyes that. Yeah. Like that's, that is what seeing me made you feel like, yeah. like that's. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't know if I could have survived 
that experience without having the support and the 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 love and 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 I've had my family but it's it's just different having that love and support from somebody who knows exactly what you're going through and at that age you you know you don't think anybody understands you right right <laughs> but feeling like I had somebody who could relate to me in that way was was so powerful so that's that's my best advice for anybody that may be struggling as Get you a Michelle. You can't have mine, but get you one. (laughs) Or just listen to the podcast. Like, this is good. Yes, yes. This has been so wonderful. So we have, like, quickie questions. Okay. We'll get through them. Either or. So first question, love or money? What you you picking? You can only have one. I'll take love. Okay. I'll take love. Money is fleeting. I'll take love. I don't know. Can we have both? You said I could only pick one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Bold red lip or clear lip gloss? I have sunburnt lips. So mm-hmm. bolt red is not going to be my look. The clear lip gloss would probably do better on me. Why do you say that? Because I have tried to mix red with brown. Like, I don't have a pink lip. You see? I My lips see. aren't pink. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen your lips for, oh, okay. for yeah. 15 so, years. So the pigmentation, <laughs> the pigmentation of, like, to get it to actually be red, people have had to color my lips all the way in with the lip liner oh. and make it be a neutral color that when you put red on it, it actually shows up at red. Red on me looks more burgundy or brown. So I, I mean, you know, I'll put a lip gotcha. liner on and a clear gloss and keep on going. It's like, because it, at some point brown lips was fashionable. It's gone out, but. No, it's still fashionable. <laughs> okay. Well then, yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, but I, I was told one time that I was too dark to wear red lipstick, but I never, I never held on to that. That, that wasn't my, my belief. No, never too dark. Okay. Last one. If money, education, whatever, were no (laughs) factor, what would you want to be when you grow up? So oddly enough, my dream as a very little girl was to own my own magazine. Mm. I went to a, a women's expo with my mother and collected all the magazines that were there and ripped them up and created my own and stapled it together and walked around <laughs> like I am the publisher of the magazine. I actually got to do that you for did. 12 years. I was the publisher of my own magazine. So I'm now trying to figure out what my next big baby dream was, right? Like what's the yeah. next thing to do? But I... I don't know that until you asked me that question that I had wanted to do that for that long. You know, you know, how you, life just kind of falls you into different careers. And I kind of fell into publishing um, and to magazine publishing. Um, it wasn't planned or, you know, strategically. I ended up in New York. They had a job position open and, and it became mine kind of stuff. Um, but I don't think I remembered that until just now that I, I used, when I was little, I walked around like, I'm going to own my own magazine. Like what? Like you don't want to be no teacher. You want to be no doctor. Mm -mm. Okay. Khadijah James. (laughs) 
<laughs> and see, I didn't even pick that together either. But yeah, 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 flavor. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, if you ever want to start your own podcast, you call me, girl. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be listening to Sugar Free and, and figure out how to get real in my life. So. Oh, you already there. You already there. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I think a wonderful way to end the, a season of getting real. And so I don't know if you guys have noticed, but every episode this season has the word real in it <laughs> because the theme for the season was getting real. And, and like I said, I can't think of a realer, more naked place to be than to be sitting in our alopecia truth. And yeah. so, yes, thank you so much for indulging me in this wonderful conversation um, with a new baby at home, a dog, everything. Like, you would have to make time it, for me, but yeah, I appreciate you showing up. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This it is. Good. Thank it you, was. Sydney. And good luck to you with this podcast. I love it. I absolutely love it. So thank, thank you. I'm a fan. Thank you. I, I do too. And, and I'm so excited to see where this goes. And so with that, thank you all as well for joining us for season one. But truly, thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. This season has been more amazing than I ever could have thought possible. And it wouldn't have been that without you. So thank you for joining me on this therapy ride, this real conversation, this kiki journey. But it doesn't end here. Just because today is the season one finale doesn't mean that you won't get an episode from us every single week. Like I said at the top of the episode, we'll still be dropping special clips, bonus episodes, the best of season one. We'll still be right here every single week, every single Monday with Plenty of laughter, plenty of jokes, lots of real honest conversations, and of course, the most exquisite tea that's 100% sugar-free. Woo chow. Mm-hmm. What a show. We shared some good old tea today, didn't we, friend? Thank you for your presence. I truly enjoyed you at the tea party. And we appreciate you sipping on some sugar-free tea with me, your host, Sid Mack. Until next time, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Sugar Free Podcast or at Sugar Free Pod. You can also visit our website at www.sugarfreepodcast.com. See you again soon, friends. And be sure to keep the tea party going, a with plenty of tea that's 100% sugar-free. Tired of piecing your business forms together from an internet search? Tired of sealing all your business deals with a pinky promise? Looking for a way to add some formality and professionalism to your business relationships? Then you need Formally. Formally is a DIY legal form and template shop for entrepreneurs, small business owners, creatives, freelancers, dreamers, and side hustlers. All Formally forms and templates are drafted by an experienced licensed business attorney and reviewed by a law professor. So, not to brag or anything, 
but our forms are pretty legit. So what are you waiting for? Throw those pinky promises away and try formally today.